Hello, we're going to get started. This is a, looking like an intimate session. Some friends will join us, I hope. Um, I, we will start with, so this is a, a kind of a, a presentation and conversation between Hatim Bilyamani and, and myself, mainly about Hatim's practice. Um, we have called it Otherwise We Are Lost, and he will explain that to us a little later. And before we get into the conversation, we thought we would start with a little uh, demonstration, uh, a short kind of version of um, something that Hatim did here as a much longer uh, performance the other night during the opening night, and that he calls a live video remix um, from uh, recordings and videos of traditional music. So we will uh, see him and hear him do that, and then we'll talk about it in, in a, a few minutes. Thank you. 
Thank you very much for um, this mini live video remix. Uh, so I don't know, some of you may have been here, but during opening night on, on Thursday in this room, but in a slightly different configuration, Hatim um, Beliameni, or Hat, H-A-T, as his artist name is, uh, did a kind of much longer, almost two hour live video remix, uh, louder, and longer <laughs> in a slightly darker room. Uh, can you maybe tell us uh, some basic things about what you've showed us, what you've just done? Walk us through what you were doing here. Absolutely. Okay, hello. All right, great. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so many different um, ways that I could start to talk about what I just did, but I'm going to start with just explaining Maybe start with the, the, the literal side of yeah. things. So what you what you just experienced was uh, what I call a live video remix. Um, so everything that you heard and saw uh, is derived from videos uh, that I've shot, um, sometimes on my own and sometimes with a whole crew uh, in various places around the world. Um, most of the videos that we've shot uh, were shot in Morocco, in various places in Morocco, because that's, that's where I'm, I'm from. And so initially the project uh, started as a, as a very personal uh, quest of sorts. Um, but we've also um, traveled uh, to other places like Brazil, um, uh, Albania, Hungary, China, uh, Réunion, um, and also worked with a uh, traditional Moroccan group here in New York City, worked with a traditional Serbian uh, band in, um, in San Francisco as well. Uh, so, so yeah, the, the basic process, um, without getting too heavy into the technical details, is that um, I organize a field recording trip. Um, so there's some research involved, um, and then there's 
um, a uh, contact that is established between me and my team and um, musicians or people who are within the community of the musicians that we're interested uh, in working with. Um, and, and then we, we go and then we film and record. Um, and um, the way that we film and, and record those musicians uh, is, makes it harder for me to, to do what you just saw. Um, but there's a reason for it. The reason is because uh, I, I don't, the, the, the point of this project is not just for me to have these very clean samples that are easy to remix. Um, because if that was the goal, then we would just uh, get a bunch of musicians into a, a professional studio and one by one um, they would take turns playing their instrument and we would get the best sound of that instrument. But that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in, in the context behind, the stories behind the music. Um, so there, and also there's this amazing energy uh, that is impossible to replicate in, in a more sterile, controlled environment. And the energy that we're, we're able to capture is the live energy. Um, for the most part, we ask musicians would, to... Sorry, just to interrupt. Would you like these images to yes, appear on sorry, screen? Yes, could, could we have the... Yeah, uh, hopefully it won't be too distracting. But this, this is, is just the website of Remix Culture, which is the organization and, a, and the collective that uh, Hatim uh, is running and that I suppose you will say a little more about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, this is a, a silent kind of um, film reel of some highlights of various musicians that we've, uh, we've uh, filmed. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll see. Um, and there's also some, some clips of people making remixes using the content that we've uh, recorded and filmed. Um, so you, you can tell that this kind of looks like what I have over here. Um, we'll get to that later. But um, so yeah, so <clears throat> the process is uh, we have this, um, this production crew that travels to various places. We work with musicians. Um, we record and film them. And the uh, the result that we intend to um, to have, or the output that we we like to have, as a result of those field recording trips, is um, is this ecosystem that we're building. An ecosystem where it starts online. It starts with a bunch of um, content. So the the videos that I just remixed, you can actually watch a lot of the original full traditional songs. So you you know where that came from. Um, I might have transformed them a little bit or a lot, uh, but you, you, can, you always have that opportunity to, to go back to the source. And in some cases, we also work with uh, members of the community of the musicians to train the kids so that they can interview the musicians and get some of their stories out. Um, and that's something that we're going to develop more and more. Um, so there's, there's a variety of ways that we are interested in, in providing context behind this new form of uh, remix music. Um, so, so essentially what I did was um, go back to the studio after all of those field recording sessions and uh, kind of deconstructed the video and the audio recordings that we made. And I created, um, I have this ever-growing library of loops that are video loops. Um, there is no artificial sound in, um, in any of my live video remixes. All of the sounds, even if they sound a little bit like an electronic um, drum or bass, it's actually coming from the, the instrument that you see on the screen. Um, and so 
in a sense, what I just did is, um, is sort of a demonstration of one of the things that you could possibly do with this content. And so we have made, we've started making um, this content available to anyone around the world for free. We have a Creative Commons license uh, that people have to agree to before they download the samples, whether it's audio or video. Um, and the license basically allows them to do anything that they want, remix it, uh, share it, etc. Except um, they can't uh, use it for commercial purposes. So, so that's the clause. However, we encourage anyone who, after the, you know, after the experimentation phase, if they find that they've made an amazing remix that's going to get nominated for a Grammy or whatever, um, we want to encourage, uh, you know, the commercial exploitation um, of such works, but they have to renegotiate a license with our nonprofit so that we can make sure that if there is a profit to be made from those remixes, that it is shared between the remix artist, the uh, nonprofit organization, and the source musicians. Um, and I can show you uh, just very briefly. So this is the, the front page of the website, which is kind of a, a visual teaser of all of our travels and the musicians we worked with. Um, but here you can see, uh, for example, um, when we go to the remix corner, um, there's a one, two, three, download samples, share your remix, earn karma. Um, so we have a lot of verbiage that kind of encourages people to, um, to see that we're, we recognize that we live in a capitalist world um, and that um, you know, sometimes people are motivated by, by profit. Um, but at the same time, we want to make... We, we want the sort of the openness and the expansive uh, nature of our, uh, of our project and our motivations and our intentions um, to be translated through how we distribute the content. That's why we make it available for free uh, with a Creative Commons license. But we also have verbiage to ensure that when people um, think about commercial exploitation, that they remain, that everyone is mutually invested in our um, success. Um, so every band that we work with, um, and we just recently uh, released this website, so it doesn't have all the bands that we worked with, but we are progressively adding more bands. Everyone has, uh, I'll use this band as an example, has a whole universe that you can uh, navigate. Um, it'll take a second to load. But this is Inov Gnawa. They are, uh, they're all um, Moroccan immigrants uh, living in New York City like myself and Omar, um, or should I say newcomers. Um, and uh, they have sort of taken uh, New York City um, by storm. They, they've been performing so much, and everyone is, is r really into uh, this traditional music that um, hasn't really been performed that much in the past. Um, so there's sort of like a renewed interest that they are, uh, that they are a part of. Uh, on this uh, page, you can, you can watch all of the videos of the songs that we filmed. Um, if we have some time, maybe I can show one or, or a little, yeah. And then there are some examples of remixes. Uh, so this is an, another person we collaborated with um, who remixed one of these songs. Um, and then this is their album, which you can stream and you can also download it and um, you, you can also pay for it as well. Um, and then these are the samples, and you can preview them, you know, you can listen to this. Uh, layer C. 
Allah. So yeah, you can you can preview all those different pieces that we've extracted from the recordings. Um, and if you if you think that there's something there that you can work with, then you just click download and you agree to the license and and you move on. Um, so all of this is um, samples and 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 other content for remix purposes. And then there's a bio, um, and then there's a little you know behind the scenes uh, video to kind of pull people into the recording session. And there's a bunch of photos, uh, upcoming shows as well. So we really want to give a platform uh, for all of the musicians that we worked with and not just give the samples without any context. Um, and there's a lot more that we can do to provide even more context. But that's, that's sort of the, uh, the general presentation of the work that we've done. Um, Maybe I'll uh, stop there and ask you if you have any questions because I could sure. go in some yeah, different yeah. directions. Well, I'm I'm interested in the the a few things, the genesis of this in terms of your own kind of trajectory, and also maybe and you started speaking about this by saying it was a personal project of returning to Morocco musically in a way. But <clears throat> uh, where did this desire come from to work with and from traditional? music and how do you define traditional music right because you you were trained as a musician then you did other things and you came back to music yeah um there's again so many starting points so i'm going to choose one arbitrarily um uh when i was so i i, I grew up in morocco i went to an american school in morocco uh, called the casablanca american school um so i was always for me reality was multicultural um, you know, half of my day I was interacting with uh, American teachers and then a very international uh, student body, Moroccans, Indians, Swedes, uh, um, Syrians, etc. And then I'd go home for the, the rest of the day uh, and I would speak a different language uh, and have a different experience. Um, so that uh, was very, a, a huge part of, of of who I am, uh, who I was, and who I continue to be. Um, and it led me to think about uh, identity. Um, and I've never been satisfied with the, the sort of dictionary def definition of identity, which is very static. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of the political discourse that uh, is so toxic um, and, and so many things that, that are so wrong with, with our world and, and how, we, uh, how we relate uh, to each other stem from a tendency to put people in boxes, right? Um, the dictionary definition actually says identity is who someone is, the set of characteristics and beliefs and traits that constitute who they are. Identity is, a, is an ever-evolving relationship, a dance uh, between uh, you, one's past experiences and new encounters with the world. Um, so even though I hadn't really formulated my definition at the time, I feel like I, I, it's always been there. Um, and I was very much inspired as a 17-year-old by Bella Bartok, um, not so much by his music, although I did enjoy some of his uh, compositions. Um, some of it was a little hard to listen to. But he, uh, I was so uh, inspired by his, his process. Um, I learned that he had done a lot of uh, field recordings. And this is in the wake of Hungarian nationalism um, after the fall of the Austro-Hungarian uh, Empire. 
And uh, he started in Hungary and um, made a lot of uh, folk music recordings and then went beyond Hungary uh, to Romania and actually even to Morocco. Um, and he, uh, one of his motivations or the primary motivation was for him to create what he called universal music. So he wanted to take all these melodies that he was uh, recording and transcribe them, but then create this orchestral arrangement around those melodies. The melodies are the same, but the orchestral arrangement it makes them very different. Um, and I thought it was a beautiful idea, um, but uh, it didn't sound un like universal music to me. So I, I was like, wow, this is such a great idea. One day, and this is like what I wrote an essay um, for my college applications, and this is what I wrote about. Um, <laughs> I said, one day I want to make my version of universal music. Um, so that's where the seed was planted. Uh, but it took me another 17 years from that point to start working on this project, Remix Culture. Um, and uh, those 17 years were spent um, exploring, you know, and sort of like negotiating all kinds of things. Um, so uh, my musical background is I was classically trained in piano. And then I, um, I was a self-taught self heavy metal uh, guitarist. I had a band called Camel Spit in Casablanca. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but then I got uh, into electronic music, and for me it was, it was the first time that I felt like I, I had found a medium that could potentially allow me to unify all of my eclectic interests. Um, so I did all kinds of stuff uh, with computers, um, and some of it was kind of crazy. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so getting back to when I was 34, which is when I started Remix Culture, it was a point in my life where I really need to change a lot of things. I had been working a corporate job to pay back my debts and all that stuff. And I was ready to take the plunge and, and leave. Um, and so I went back home, and that, that's the first thing that I did. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do other than I needed... You were living in the U.S. already. I was living in the U.S., and it had been maybe... Uh, it had been 17 years since... Um, I had the opportunity to spend more than two or three weeks in Morocco, you know, because uh, when you're in college, you have to stay and get a summer job, and then you have a job, and you, you don't get more than two or three weeks a year. Um, so for the first time in such a long time, I had the opportunity to just be, be still in Morocco. Um, so I did that. Uh, that was uh, early 2012, and then I got to reconnect with family and friends. And after a month of reconnecting, I was like, all right, uh, I, got, I, I, I got time now. <laughs> um, and so, of course, there were, there were ideas that were brewing. Um, and um, so one of the inspirations actually was my brother, um, who you know, Amino Belyamani, who is an amazing musician. And one of the projects that he had just released before I started the project um, was... Um, a, uh, a set of compositions inspired by uh, Amazir uh, and Arabic um, scales, which, which employ different types of tuning systems. So he tuned a piano differently. It, it doesn't sound like a piano. It sounds more like a, a traditional Arabic instrument or traditional North African instrument. And he created a whole album that was sort of like a jazz interpretation of these Arabic and North African sounds. Um, and I, I thought it was amazing and beautiful and inspiring, and it, 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 it reminded me that there was so much 
to, to rediscover in, in our own heritage, Morocco. Morocco is, um, uh, has always, or has in the past been historically, um, geographically, uh, the, the sort of the historical and geographical location of Morocco is very significant. We recently found out that the first Homo sapien is actually, um, was in Morocco, at least to our knowledge. Um, for the time being, <laughs> for the time being, 315,000 years old. The, uh, so our oldest ancestor is from that that place, um, and many civilizations and and uh, uh, cultures have passed or or, or uh, left their footprint uh, on Moroccan soil. Uh, and you see that, and you hear that when you travel to the different parts of Morocco. It's 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 crazy. Sometimes you can hear a, a violin that sounds like an East Asian instrument. Um, or you hear some drums that sound like uh, they, they came from Ghana. Um, or you, you'll hear some rhythms that sound like samba um, and so forth. Uh, you know, we, have, we also had Spanish influence and Portuguese and the French, etc. So um, I wanted to explore more of that. Uh, and, and my brother's project was sort of a reminder of that. Um, and I'd started doing research before going to Morocco, just listening to m more music that I didn't know about. I guess one element of this is that you can grow up in a place like Morocco and grow up learning music and playing music without having uh, a very deep consciousness of the diversity of musical Absolutely. traditions and influences that are there. Yeah, and of course there's, a, there's always a political context. Um, uh, so in, in, in my, my family is a very musical family. My dad is a self-taught musician. Um, and we always listened to music in the house, but the kind of music we listened to mostly was not Moroccan. Even the, the music that we thought was represented our identity as Moroccans uh, was more from the, the Middle Eastern side um, of, of our identity. Uh, Egyptian classical music was very common. Um, but traditional Moroccan music, we had a little bit of exposure here and there during weddings. You know, that's the, usually when we, um, we get to experience traditional Moroccan music and even then it's it's very popularized so it's a different different experience um, but yeah so I grew up listening to classical music western classical music a lot of jazz uh, the Beatles um, and uh, and then a lot of um, Egyptian music um, and so and 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 so the political context is that for the longest time um, there was a, a an overt policy to divide and conquer which was um, borrowed from the uh, colonial past. When the French um, were, had colonized Morocco, they pitted Arabs against Amazir. Um, and so the king, uh, the former king, who became king after independence, continued that policy. And, and there was outright censorship of a lot of traditional uh, Amazir music. When I say Amazir, just to be clear, it means uh, Berber. Um, so we, even if we wanted to, we didn't have as much um, access to uh, that culture, whether it's music or poetry or... or language sometimes. Language, yes. Uh, and the landscape has, has changed. So today Morocco is starting to kind of renegotiate its relationship with its past. And now the, the, the visual landscape of Morocco has changed. You see the script, which is a different script, uh, which is called Tifinar. Um, so, so now you see French... Um, like businesses and institutions, schools have the names in French, in Arabic, and also in Tifinar. 
um, which was not the case when I was growing up. So that, uh, and it was not the case um, when I started the project, where it was just starting to, to be the case because the Arab Spring had just started and our king decided to kind of have a preemptive um, solution to the problem and uh, uh, basically had a, a committee to rewrite the constitution and we had a brand new constitution and one of the things of the new constitution was to recognize um, the Amazigh uh, language uh, or the languages as official languages, which they weren't officially before. So to go back to the music, how do you know? So from the realization that you want to explore the different aspects of traditional Moroccan music, how do you go about finding out about them, getting to where the musicians are, and then the work that you do with them? Knowing that there had been projects in the past, maybe not necessarily by Moroccans, but to record mm -hmm. different, you know, vernacular Moroccan music. So, I mean, Paul Bowles had this whole trip in the 50s and recorded music, and that's available at the Library of Congress. It's just been released as a CD and all that. What's the, what is the difference for you in the work that you do in, in doing that? Uh, it's interesting. Um, I didn't set out uh, having an answer to that question or being concerned with having an answer to that question, I, I just really wanted to, to be free and explore and, and let things evolve naturally. Uh, obviously, there's, there's, there's always this, this dance between what I think the vision is or, or what I feel should be the spirit of the project and then the reality of what's happening and, and my experiences and I learn from them and then I'm like, okay, well, I got to steer the ship a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. Um, but <clears throat> that reminds me. So I had this, I've had this metaphor for the past six years from the beginning of this project where I felt really um, relieved and liberated in a sense because from the very beginning, even though I didn't know where I was going, I got the sense that this is something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And it was the first time that I experienced that. I felt, even though I couldn't see it, I, was, I had this conviction that whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm going to be doing with this, is um, is me, um, or the, the me that I want to be, the me that I have been. Uh, it's it's just me trying to be a better human being and to figure out what my role is on this in this plane of existence. Um, and so for this whole time, I had this 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 metaphor of me being on a ship, not you know I'm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or wherever. There's no horizon, or there's just a horizon. And um, I felt confident that I could, at any point, steer the ship to the left a little bit or steer the ship to, to the right, just based on the birds or the wind or whatever signal um, comes to me. But I am now at the point where I, f I, f I feel like I've always known that this ship was an amphibian ship, uh, but I kind of put that on... On the back burner, I was like, ah, oh, it's just, it's not meant to go down or deep. But now I'm ready to, to turn the ship into a submarine and, and go much deeper. Can you explain? <laughs> yes. Um, so the, w w what I demonstrated on the website is just, um, I feel like it's a small part of the project. Um, I, I, I believe that it is my, my duty to figure out how to um, be aware of the privileges that I've had in my life and, um, 
and figure out the best way to use those privileges for good, um, to alleviate suffering in the world or to increase harmony or, or whatever it is. Um, and um, it's taken a long time to get to the point where I have this, all this content and this website where you can download the samples, etc. Um, but that, that's, that's an online world. And I've developed more and more of an aversion to the online world. I, I, I hate posting on Facebook or on Instagram. I sometimes just force myself to just to promote a show or an appearance. Anyway, um, but um, what is more interesting to me is taking this project into the real world and, and having more and more real life human connections. Of course, we have real human connections, so, and you can, you can see a little bit of that. You can see that it's, like I said, it's not just, let's get a bunch of musicians, sample them, and, and move on. Um, there's, you know, we break bread with the musicians, we sit with them, we talk with them, we play music with them, we jam. Um, we, uh, I constantly stay in contact with musicians. Sometimes it'll take two months for me to give them a, an update, but we're in contact, whether it's through Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever. Um, but So there is a human contact um, and a connection that's um, being strengthened little by little. But my vision is to take this into something like a festival. Uh, and um, the festival would, would really take care in um, ensuring that just like a, a ritual, every detail, every object, every color, every smell, every decision that's made has a purpose, has a meaning. Um, and this is, this is true in the Lila, in the Gnawa ritual, which is one of the rituals that this is actually uh, what I'm talking about. This, this was a ritual, a Moroccan ritual that we did here in, in New York City. Um, but yeah, there's, um, so I, I would like to get to the point where this project lives in the real world where you have traditional musicians performing alongside remix artists who have physically met and collaborated so that the remix artist has a deeper connection. And this is something that, I, this is one of my privileges and I want to give that privilege to other people. Um, when I remix, when I sit down at the computer, I feel like I'm so inspired because I remember uh, not just uh, rationally, but emotionally as well. I remember the time that we spent together, um, and so the grooves and the, the melodies kind of come more naturally than they did before I started this project. Before, I would sit in front of the computer, and I'd think, I could do anything. And then I'd be like, oh, I could do anything? So where do I start? And I'd just get stuck. Um, also, then it's to some degree meaningless. You mean like these... these Right. Samples that you use are not just samples in the right. sense that they're not just primary material for making exactly. remixed music. Right. They are charged with right. personal relations, right. exactly. uh, with material culture in right. some way and history. And, yeah, and we want we want that to, um, to kind of dissipate. You know that. Um, so so the festival would. But would, then, how would, do you make the connection? Between, so that's you. So you have established this. Right. Right. You have these connections to this music that you. Right play with but how do you then uh share that with an audience i mean how do you yeah how do you share beyond the remix itself how do you share those those elements with right. an audience 
Right. Well, um, so when you have a, a, a larger, uh, a large format type of event like a festival, um, you can present so much different content um, and expose people to the different layers. Uh, um, and it doesn't have to feel academic, right? I don't want people to like, go to a lecture and, really, like, and, and, and learn about Moroccan culture. You know? I, I want people to experience it through art. So for example, um, and this is something we're starting to work on um, actually at Pioneer Works um, later in the fall. We're working on putting together a project where we're gonna work with the Haitian community um, and put together uh, an evening where there, there will be a Haitian voodoo performance, so like a mini ritual that's gonna be performed. I'm gonna do a remix as well, and there's gonna be also a live cinema uh, performance as well. Um, but this, for me, this is the beginning of a series of events that I want to, um, to, to put together here in New York City. Um, New York City is sort of, I'm, I'm to, connect, to connect this to the theme of the living room, it's becoming my second living room um, or I'm trying to create a living room here in New York City. Uh, there are so many amazing musicians uh, who have brought their, their traditions from so many different countries um, that um, I've already, some, some of whom I've already met and some of whom I'm, I'm looking forward to, to working with. But yeah, the idea is to, is to pro provide a context or, or provide a setting um, for New Yorkers, where we, we get to explore our cultural diversity in this um, multimedia way. So the event would have traditional acoustic music. It would have remixed music um, that ha has been created in partnership. It would have many documentaries uh, that were created, that are, are going to be created by kids from the communities of the musicians. You know, if we, if we find that there's a, a food vendor from the community of the musicians, um, we, we want to prioritize them being a part of the festival rather than bringing Whole Foods or whatever, um, and so forth. So like, just keep looking for ways to have this space be a, a, an intersection mm -hmm. or create, you know, create an, a, a, yeah, it's a, a space that is an invitation for people to find those intersections between people, between cultures, uh, between different communities. So I'd like to open up maybe uh, before we take questions, if there are questions, I'm just thinking back on Bartok. So what, how do you, have you figured out how to be more universal than Bartok? What is it that wasn't sounding universal to you? And what, what is it that was missing and that you're trying maybe to do otherwise? Well, I, is it in the mix of different kinds of traditional musics or is yeah, it something else? I mean, I, I think I, I, I think it would be a little bit um, presumptuous. <laughs> presumptuous for me to be like, yeah, I, I solved Bella Bartok's problem. Um, no, I mean, he did it in his way and I'm doing it in my way. Um, to, to my ear, it sounded, it, it, it sounded like the, the, the popular melodies were drowned in his style. And perhaps that's the case for me, um, but my, I'm continually trying to get to the point, and this is, this is to get back to the metaphor of going deep, even in my own work, not just in how I present the work and the musicians and, and bring people together, I also want to go deeper in my work, uh, and I want it to reflect more of the spiritual component of the music. Um, I think up until now, I've been, I haven't, put that much thought in my practice because I've been 
hired by festivals and venues that wanted me to like throw a dance party, um, which is which is fine, and you can you can have a, a spiritual dance party, but um, I've neglected to go deep enough. Um, so I think the closer I can tap into that this, the spirit of the source, um, the the less drowned the source will be in my ego and my and my interpretation of it. Of course, I still want to to have my voice and my footprint, and because it's, it's how I'm bringing all these elements together. But um, does that answer your question? Yeah, and I think the the video element helps in in some. Yes, it provides context. Way. So sometimes there's visual context. Um, I don't know if I can. Um, sometimes when, um, I'm not going to give a demo, but I'll just explain it. Uh, um, when I'm playing um, a loop, you'll hear drums. Um, and then the, there's dancing. And the dancing is on, on the on beat, on the down beat, but the drums are on the off beat. And so n now you have a visual context. And, and of course, um, there's also this the, the stunning element of, um, you know, if, if it's, a bunch of men in white robes in the middle of the desert that, that transports you, um, but also that other layer, which is a musical area, uh, musical layer of the people dancing in counterpoint to the music. When you look at that, it it's like you're you're hearing another instrument. And and this is something that I found when I've been editing videos. When I cut from one angle to the next. All of a sudden, I hear that instrument much more strongly. It seems more present, and um, I've been told that that's uh, that's part of the experience of the audience that that sees my work. Whenever I switch from one instrument to another, it's like, oh, that's what I've been hearing, and it sounds louder. So it's the visual component can add to the musical component. Are there any questions? So just a little bit earlier, you um, mentioned uh, the technical aspect of things. So I was wondering um, sort of two things. First of all, um, from all these different traditions, how do you choose which to mix together? And then secondly, uh, secondly so te technically, what are, you, what are you executing? Like what what software am I using? Or oh, no, I just... Um, what were you doing oh, when, yeah. we, when okay. you were manipulating well, then, earlier? Let's do a quick demo, actually. I think it'll be easier that way. Oh, great. Um, So I will start with Oh, sorry. I need to go back to system preferences, mirror displays, and we're going to go back here. So this is actually this is um this is a musician um that hasn't uh been released on the website yet, but we're going to release it next week. Um, so this is a sneak peek. Um, I'm going to play a little segment from this music video. And then I'll just go straight to...
that's a little, little excerpt from that song. And now I'm going to remix that little, little bit. Um, uh, there we go. Okay. And. Oh, sorry. Give me one second. No, I just had it. It didn't register the projector, so I have to re. There we go. Now it's registering it. Okay, so I'm gonna find that loop. I created a loop out of that video that you just saw. Um, where is it? I believe it is right here. So. Yeah, that's it's normal. I found this one. Okay, so now you don't see anything. You don't hear anything because the volume is down. And the volume maps to opacity. So if the volume is down, it's black. And the louder it gets, the more you can see. Right? I'm going to play it different. And I can slow it down. Or I can go really fast. So we're gonna slow it back down, and now if I want, I can, I can add some, uh, some effects. I can add some distortion, and the effects affect both the sound and the video. I can add this crazy delay, right? Or this crazy thing over here, or this crazy thing. And now let's um, let's see the, the canvas because I have up to four channels that I can play at the same time. Right now the only one is playing. Uh, I'm gonna add, let's see. I'm gonna add this over here. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade it up. Claps. And if we want we can zoom in on that. And again, we can add effects, we can add some reverb. Um, I can add some glass effect. Or this resonator. Or low pass and high pass. Or this crazy one. And then there's a, you hear that? It's an echo. And then I can add a third uh, layer, like this thing over here. And again, I can have effects here, I can go like,
And now there's a fourth layer, the drums. So to answer your question as to like how I decide to put stuff together, um, I don't know. <laughs> but um, no, when it, so these are all loops, right? Some of them are short, some of them are not. Um, this is a pretty short loop. It's just a beat. It's kind of simple, like right. Um, I created this beat. This this is not a beat that was performed by either of these two musicians. You can see there's two drums that I sampled and I just cut and paste and created this beat. And then when I was satisfied with the loop, I just exported and now I have my 347th loop. Um, this, this was just straight up from the video that we saw. This is also kind of straight up. This was an accident when I was making this. I was just kind of like going through it and I think I just kind of pressed play at, at some weird moments. Because it's not very rhythmic, it's like but I thought, oh, it kind of works with this. And then it, it, it sort of takes on a different rhythmic dimension when you layer it with some other stuff. But this is from Hungary, this is from Morocco, and this is from uh, Brazil. And this is from, well, New York City, but originally from Morocco. Did I answer your question? All right, cool. So no, no added sound of it. All this, all the music comes from those recordings, and yes. and then it's effects rather. Well, than yeah. So uh, um, I'll I'll give one more example. Um, and who are those effects you program? Yeah. yeah so yourself? yeah. So I I created. I'm I'm not a programmer. I don't write code, uh, but I know how to use software. So um, I have a software for the music and a software for the video. Even though everything comes from the video, when I perform, it's managed by two different pieces of software. Um, and so I, I'm constantly trying to find different effects that I want. I start with a sound. So for example, here, I was like, I want something crazy for like a weird transition. So I created this, this sonic effect. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then I decided, okay, this sounds kind of psychedelic, so it should look like this. So I'm, with a single gesture, I'm triggering both the sound and the visual effect. One more time. I just love this psychedelic effect so much. And then you can add all kinds of other stuff. We have time for one more question, if there is one. Yeah? Can you take the mic? I just wanted to ask you to go deeper on the question of going deeper. Um, working, working interculturally, um, when there's a kind of evening out of some of the cultural differences, like, you know, and some of the, the problems that that can raise, like, I, I'm interested to see where you're, where you're, where you're going, where you're heading? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. The goal is to is to 
is to try to play a part in uh, reducing or decreasing divisiveness, war, suffering, um, anything, anything that plagues uh, various communities around the world um, that is a direct result of people like you and me being manipulated by entities that have a lot of wealth and power uh, and military force. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't have any uh, illusions. Um, I, don't, I don't live in a fantasy world where I, I, I think I'm going to solve those problems. But I, I'm deeply committed to uh, playing a role in, in putting a dent into that whole situation. And I think, to come back to the, the idea of the living room, um, it starts with making sure that people are presented with experiences, personal experiences, where they feel like uh, they are drawn into a context where they want to learn about someone that's different from them. They want a, a Democrat can have a conversation with a Republican or, or someone who has lived in a, in a small town uh, with no non-white people um, is presented with an opportunity to experience cultures that are different from theirs without them automatically uh, succumbing to the in instinct of, of fear um, and xenophobia and racism, etc. Um, so this is, this is why I want to experiment with live events that bring different communities together and do a whole series here in New York because I feel like we will learn more and more with each event you know, what the potential is to, um, to, make, to make a difference in that respect. We will have to stop here on this very, very large question. <laughs> Um, thank you, uh, Hatim. Thank you all for yeah. coming. And we resume at 6.30 in about 25 minutes uh, with um, a panel called No Sweetness Here, uh, moderated by Sarah Biri Moses and with Phoebe Boswell, Babiri Leila, and Kirun Zegwu about uh, um, base I mean, it's hard to sum up. You'll have to come back at 6.30, but about the body and women artists in Africa.